99 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Welcome Bell, to the 49er Faithful UK show and therapy session. First one of the season. So the horrible odour you can smell is the pile of rotten garbage the Niners offence coughed up at Mile High Stadium in a miserable 10-11 to 11 loss to the Broncos. I'm Gareth Ellis, and here to help me sift through the mess from Sunday night football, it's Najee Kawar. Hello. And Paul Hope. It doesn't feel great, baby. <laughs> it <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. So the Niners slip to one and two. An optimism after the Seahawks win has soon faded on the back of a poor result. Another standout dominant defensive effort was let down by a misfiring, disjointed and ineffective offensive play. And we're sadly all too familiar with it. We've got lots to unpick, uh, but we have decided to go for a little bit of fun. Um, and I've got a little wheel of fortune, which we're going to spin, where one of uh, your lucky podcasters will have the job of trying to find a positive spin on whichever topic we're talking about. Um, we'll see how that works uh, and see how each <laughs> of us does. Uh, so oh. let's start. Let's start with Kyle. All right. Shanahan has built his reputation on high-powered, inventive offences. Simple question, lads. Where is it? Should we do the, should we, should we do the wheel first to see? The uh, wheel. Yeah, we've already got him on. Here we go. Oh God, this is gonna be a hunt. Yeah, oh, it's me. Oh, it might be me. No, it's you. Okay, you're Gareth. Um, well, uh, you, we'll start with you then, Maggie. Um, Shanahan's offense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good question. Uh, I'm not quite sure. In Miami, I would say at, at this very moment in time, <laughs> that might be where the, his offense has gone. Um, I was actually watching that Dolphins-Bills game, which was a pretty good game. Uh, very choppy. Dolphins had no business winning that. But uh, guess what? Chu is, is throwing down the field, so we know it's not McDaniel and that was putting chuckles on on the offense. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm really not quite sure, but it's become. I would say it's three weeks in a row because yeah, we scored 27 points against the Seahawks, but we should have scored. You know, double down, I think. So the offense being anemic the way it is, it's becoming something all too recurring. Um, and is it stubbornness of trying to establish his playbook and the way he wants to play? Is it misplays by players that we shall mention in the next topic? Yes, I think it's a little bit of everything. But to me, it stems from, and I don't know if you remember, I was against the Seahawks, I said, after the half, I want Jimmy to throw a bomb on the first play because that just sends a message that something's shifted, we adjusted to what we're going to do, and this is what we're now worried about in in this quarter, or at at the very least, this drive. And after the fourth or fifth punt yesterday, I was thinking to myself, Take that big sheet you have in front of you, fold it in a million pieces, pull it somewhere down and stop looking at it and just throw the ball downfield. Just give it a go or just do something different just to see if it takes, if something happens. And with Kyle, it seems to be like that never happens. We'll just get ourselves in third and nine and throw a screen to Debo. Um, And... He's been doing that for five years, and defenses know what what's up. Uh, and again, we scored ten points, same amount of points we scored in week one, in a monsoon. <laughs> uh, and all we needed was to, you know, score four field goals. Not even touchdown this week. We could have won the game, um, and it just doesn't happen. I will say, and we'll talk about that later. There's a lot of penalties that, that really didn't help us. Kept drives really short. But ultimately, it's this thing that he seems to be wanting to be in further nine and further eight, which is extremely difficult to uh, to convert. One for ten yesterday on Sunday. Paul, do you want to go and bash Kyle some more? And before Gareth gives time for Gareth to try and find a silver lining in all of this. I was going to say, genius idea, Najee, the wheel of fortune. But Gareth, I'm so glad it landed on you. I'm normally. <laughs> One of the more positive voices in the group, and 
I struggled, Nadji. That for me was one of the worst offensive performances that I've ever mm. had the misfortune of staying up until four thirty a.m. to watch. I voiced some displeasure on Twitter last night before I collapsed to sleep in bed. Like you said, Kyle Shanahan seems to have this script, and he seems to be very proud that he has scripted players that I do this player first down because it's then going to do this for second down. And you're right, Nadji. We've seen this movie before, and. Sometimes the old romantic in me thought Jimmy third down from 2019 was going to come in and we were going to convert them. And you're right, one conversion, and it was just painful to watch. Um, I don't think I want to move on from Carl yet. I do think his game management, like a lot of people in the group, have talked about that. Um, there's been a few comments on Twitter. I put a tweet out earlier, lads, asking for people's thoughts because I wanted to gauge the group's mood before yeah. we came on tonight, just in case us three were on a different page. But I think a lot of people are starting to feel those frustrations. So this is where Gareth comes in, Nadji, and tells yep. me and you we're all wrong. <laughs> yes. And he's got his rose tinted glasses on. So no pressure, Gareth. Yeah. Go on, Gareth. What did Carl do good yesterday? Um, <laughs> not, not a lot that I can really see. Um, in terms of trying to take a positive spin on it, the biggest problem with Shanahan's offense is seems to be Shanahan, and therefore that's something that at least should be fixable. If, as I said before, by by other people and lots of people have said this, if sometimes he can get out of his own way, and if he can just accept that there's a bit more flexibility needed, um, it's I'm I'm going out on a on, on a limb here, really not totally knowing exactly what head coaches and offensive coordinators do but it's it's never sat well with me from the from Kyle's first season that we don't have an offensive coordinator because there's just so much information going around during game time you've got to process it and my question is who is who is doing that for our offense because it can't be Shanahan because he's he's got a key into to the head coaching job um and it's it's easy to think that there's a logic behind this, that Shanahan is saving himself time by scripting entire games, is convinced that his plan is the right one. We tend to do quite well first, second quarter, and then third and fourth, we've seen the last few games, just just dismal. And it seems to be almost a surprise to Shanahan that there's some very talented defensive coordinators in the league who are adjusting to what he's doing. And he, he doesn't seem to be able to exploit any weaknesses that appear or or make a counter adjustment um and that's just you know me sitting at home trying to watch that but you, know, you can see it in the games our, our offense has started quite well move the ball we had a good first quarter jimmy had a good first quarter everybody did we sprayed the ball around we had some chunk runs uh obviously a few plays don't go your way but it just it just seems to fade the longer the game goes on um, but surely the only positive thing about this is it's got to all be fixable if potentially Shanahan accepts it or if there's other people, perhaps looking at you, Anthony Lynn, who are who are strong enough personalities in the building to to point this out to Kyle because we're, we're seeing this offence again and again. It's not This isn't unusual. We were in exactly this position this time last year. Yeah. So is that positive enough for you? Because it's about all the positivity I mean I've got. It's a valiant effort. Yeah, you did well. Sorry, Nadja. I was going to say, Gareth, to think to back you up, I told Nadji off air, in the first half, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle combined for 15 touches, 141 yards and a touchdown. So my bold prediction of two touchdowns, 250 yards was going to come true. And, you know, that's what me and Nadji were saying in the second half. There just wasn't that adjustment there. But I think you did a good job putting a positive spin on that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, there's a... I can see another positive is that at least it's been this bad in week three and it's yeah. a wake-up call to be like, right, there is something wrong and we've got, you know, 14 other games to fix it before it's too late. Well, I mean, no, obviously don't wait the 14th, but, um, you know, we got an extra day this week to potentially make ways to fix it. So, yeah, that's... Uh, very different. Well he did. He did fix it last year. It was very yeah, much the same. Yeah. These dismal offensive performances, and he was able to turn it around. I think obviously something that helped last year was the fact that it was, it was literally put on the back of Debo. 
to suddenly start using them in this new way that no one had ever seen before and people weren't prepared for and and literally the game plan was we're not going anywhere it's third and nine just give it to Debo and hope he does something and that carried us through certainly the last sort of six weeks or so of the season yeah Um, unfortunately that's not going to work this this year because everybody knows yeah, Everybody yeah. knows where, where Debo's lining up. There's a good chance he's getting the ball, and he's just not getting the space anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ali made a good comment to me on on, on the post that I posted, uh, which is, by the way, to everybody listening, is very tongue in cheek. As much as I would love to see Brock, I know it doesn't give us much more than what we've got. So, I mean, it it's kind of yeah, sarcasm in this guise. Um But he said, I don't know if you remember week three last year, we played the Steelers at home in a game that. We should have not won against Kyle Rudolph. Mm. Um, and we've won by the, the skin of our teeth on a on a pick six, maybe, I want to say, or a boss of fumble or something like that. No business winning that game. And, and we could have won yesterday. Um, but <laughs> that's the thing. Like the, the, biggest, the biggest positive out of this is that that loss is sorely on us. So mm. if we play better, we win that game, which is, you know... Um, but let's let's talk the main man. Uh, do you want to spin the wheel again then? Oh, let's spin the wheel to talk about, obviously. Oh, it's not here. Hang on, I have to be there. Let's go. Oh, God, please not be me. <laughs> oh! So, Nanji, the, the overall okay. poor performance uh, was certainly not helped by some uh, erratic quarterback play from Jimmy G. So, Nanji. Uh, no, let's start, let's start with Paul then. Nadji's got the positive side, hasn't he? So <laughs> here you go, Paul. Do your worst. Uh, what did you make of Jimmy G's performance? Well, I'll, I'll start off, Gareth. I was trying to be Mr. Positive. Mr. Gowland had his you know, number 10 jersey on. That's my, that's my job, you know, out <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going somewhere with it. I had my 10 jersey on at the start. And you're right, Gareth, it started well in that first quarter. Um, but to be fair, that performance was atrocious. And I'm, I'm not going to mix my words. I'm sorry, Neil. You might unfriend me after this. The best thing I can say, Gareth, it was a very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque performance. Um, I said off air, and Adji, I'd called a bold prediction of no interceptions. Jimmy was clearly listening. He thought he'd go one better with an interception, a safety, and a fumble. I mean, that, that safety. Just, I had to try and be quiet because it was stupid o'clock in the morning. Tracy and the kids were in bed. And I was very close to switching off, Gareth. I was very close to going to bed. The only reason I stayed up was I had taken this morning off as annual leave. I mean, I could spend another hour going on about Jimmy's performance, but for me, it was one of the worst I've seen. I mean, you can jump in. Feel free to help me out, Gareth. Yeah, well, um, I I can't argue with that, really. I think, yeah, when the safety... When the safety happens, I, I I thought for a second. I just thought, no, he must have blown the plane dead. The play dead, and he stepped out the back of the end zone to to avoid getting whacked. Um, then you see the pick six and them celebrating, and it, what? Surely that must have been a safety then. Um, and it's a it's one of the few times where actually a, a safety was perhaps the best result we could get off one of our own offensive plays. I was praying for when the safety he, when it went when you said when it left his hands and they went for the pick six and oh I've just I mean, remembered it's, it's, Gareth the triple coverage throw. What, what yeah, was he doing? It's, it's pretty inexcusable, I think. For however long Jimmy has been out, every single NFL or college or high school game he's ever played. The end zone is the same size. Uh, it's it's a complete lack of awareness and concentration, uh, and you know that's worrying. And I think that's also something that his his teammates, particularly on the offense, that's the sort of thing that starts to lose confidence. You know, a, a basic, a fundamental basic error, uh, uh, like like stepping out of the back of the end zone. Um, like you say, the triple coverage, poorly thrown balls. And it's always mixed in with with a couple of great laser beams from Jimmy, where you think, okay, particularly in that first quarter, big completion to Ayuk, big completion, I think, to Debo, uh, some some nice throws outside the numbers as well. And then just when it counts, that's the problem. Jimmy can do nice throws all game, but when we really need it, when it really counts, he's often just comes up lacking. That triple um, that triple coverage one, Gareth, before we hand over to Nadji, what made it worse was it was on like what could have been a game-winning drive 
And I thought mm. he was maybe going to correct the wrong against the Rams. But as soon as they intercepted it, I just didn't have any anger left in me. I just slumped back in my yeah. chair and thought... It, I mean, he didn't even pick up the robber. Like, you watch it back on I Like You. Forced myself to watch the game in 40. I said to Nigeria, I wasn't going to. And I watched it back, Gareth, and it, it didn't make it any better watching <laughs> the second time round. If you haven't watched it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I yeah. just stay away. But it's it's not only throwing into the coverage. It's a ve- into the coverage. It's a very badly thrown ball. Have you seen it? It sort of bends and curls away from the receiver, and just as we've seen with Jimmy, Jimmy, they just seem to flutter and die when when they get a certain distance. I don't know what it is, um, how he does it. But there we are. So, Nadji, you're up. Mr. Well, Positive. It's, hard. It's, it's a bad performance from the, the best QB in the league right now. Um, I mean, that throw to Juice on the sideline. What a what a dime. What a dart. Amazing throw. He's just, his mechanics are so good. I Sometimes you just have a bad day at the office. Um, and yesterday was one of those. Uh, what can I say good about, about Jimmy's performance? I mean, it, obviously, this is, this is really hard because I think, as you guys said, this might have been his worst game ever, even as a peewee. Uh, when he was, uh, when he was six year old, he, he might have had better games. Uh, I mean, the Tertian, the Tertian drive was pretty decisive, pretty good, you know, you, but it's, it starts with a 20 yard pass to Ayuk. And this is what I've been crying for. Um, just instead of establishing the run, which opens the, the 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 passing play on the play action, how about we chuck it downfield to Ayuk, which has been absolutely amazing this season so far. And then and then safeties have to back off, and you can run the ball because those two plays are uh, Garoppolo to to Ayuk for 20 yards, and then the very next play is a Jeff Wilson play uh, run for 37. So we did that for a drive, and we scored seven points on that drive. Um, amazing little pass to uh, to Ayuk in the end zone, easy as as it can get, but on the money, on time. And it, this is what's really frustrating with with Jimmy, because as I said, he he has to this day the quickest release in uh, in the in the NFL by far. I think Tom Brady's right behind him, and it's like 0.2 of a second or something like that, slower. And then with that kind of mechanism, um, you should be able to complete consistently balls to the flat and, and, and to the middle because the pressure just doesn't have time to get there. Um, and and I think the positive that I can say is that Kyle isn't calling this play for Jimmy to succeed um, and, and trying to establish maybe what Trey could do. And therefore, Jimmy had to maybe play with a playbook that's not suited to him. Um, and then you get one of those performance, my high, little thin hair, and then you lose your head and you step out of bounds. Um, I don't think I can I have in me to ex- excuse a player like this. I'm sorry, everyone. This wheel of, uh, of p- pink-tinted glasses doesn't quite work on a player like this. But again, I think... If I go back to the point I made earlier, um, it's week three, and he's going to get a ton of backlash for this. Hopefully, that wakes him up and puts him on on the spot because he knows his leash is very, very short because we have absolutely no future invested in him. Um, That he's going to have to bowl from now on. Otherwise, he's probably going to get benched for Mr. Irrelevant. And I think that would probably mean the end of his career, or at the very least, you know, a chance of starting somewhere else. Uh, you know, the Panthers next week, next year, or the Saints, or one of those teams that will look for a quarterback next year. Um, and he is in a contract here. So one of the positives of this is that this is a massive kick up the backside. Um, and uh, and I'll stop talking about some of that. That was very positive. Was he that... did better than. I mean, it's the Jimmy Garoppolo roller coaster, isn't it, Gareth? Yeah. Um, you mentioned it at the start, yeah. Nancy, about the third down nightmares. I was just going to try and jump in and rescue you there and say, maybe we move off your idea of this positive spin and look at what went wrong with the third down nightmares because we were just abysmal all yeah. night. Mm. Yeah. Was it one of nine or something? One of uh, ten, yeah. Mm. One of ten. Garoppolo was three for seven for 18 yards on third down. And, and like mm. you said, Nadji, the way um, Kyle's game plan is, 
it's very dominant on run, 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 hit mm. the third down. Yeah. And he didn't seem to move away from that, and we just had no rhythm, did we? So he no. did well to try and find some positives, to be fair. Thank you. Now, I'd like to spin it back to me being really negative, but I generally have a problem with his his demeanor after the game. And I know people are saying, don't look into it. Game is over. They're allowed to smile, whatever. But all the greats, and I mean every single one of them, and I'm talking Rogers, Brady, Manning, Breeze, when they have a game like this, and I don't think any of them has ever had a game like this, they're pissed off at the end of the game. And press conference, nobody's laughing. They answer two or three questions and they're out of here. And they're blunt, not happy, throwing tablets or whatever, photo books at the time. And Jimmy wasn't like that yesterday. It had the... It seemed like he didn't care. And it's not... You're allowed to not be completely your world upside down because of it. But at least have a little care that you've cost us the game today. There was no you know, taking credit for things he's done wrong. He's talking about the safety as if it was a tough situation. That's not a tough situation. Put your hand up and say, I have to appear. It's my fault. This should have never happened. You've made Dan Oflowski of all QBs look good tonight. And that's that's a rare skill, you know. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I have a problem with that. Hopefully... He's not disconnected as he looks, and he cares a little bit more than he looked yesterday after the game. Because otherwise, we're in trouble. And mm. I know I've started the uh, hashtag start Brock kind of as a laugh. But if we get one more game like this, and I've been disconnected with Jimmy for a while now anyway. Um, I think you've all listened to me talk about that last, even last year when he wasn't playing well and Trey wasn't ready. But uh, I'll want Brooks on the field as soon as possible if I can see this on Monday night again. Just on that, um, interesting, something to, to think about. Uh, how many more games would do you think we would lose before Jimmy actually got benched? I think till the bye, if we don't win a game until then. What, what, as in one and eight by the bye or one and seven, whichever. Yeah, something like that. I think we're in the same situation now, Gareth, when we were last year. No, when we were heading in that three and five stretch. And like Nadia mm. was saying, a lot of people were calling for Jimmy to go and then the team put the run together. I mean, trying to put a positive spin like Nadji did with his wheel of positivity, it's not a death sentence. No. The loss to the Broncos wasn't a divisional rival. We beat the Rams on Monday night. We go back top of the division. Mm. We're definitely not out of the playoff hunt as it stands. I just think everyone's frustrated because it was prime time. It was late. And the Broncos weren't as great as some of their fans think they were. I've had some tweets today, Gareth, of Broncos fans thinking Wilson was the real deal. I'm not <laughs> sure what game they were watching because I don't think Wilson was much of an upgrade on Jimmy G. Flashed, but the Broncos were not a good team. But I, I would say defensively, we were perhaps quite similar to the Broncos. I think yeah. we we should have the offensive playmakers um the the jury is certainly still out on the Broncos coaching side so what was the difference I think the difference in the game was Russell Wilson got it done when he needed to he was able to manufacture that one drive to get his team into into a leading position um and Jimmy wasn't able to answer it and I think that's that's it's it's quite reductive to drive it down to two players but you're trying to think out of two evenly matched teams what was the difference and it's it's not something often that comes up in the stats. It's the best quarterbacks get it done. You know, we've had we quarterbacks we throw three, four interceptions a game. But if they put together a game-winning drive in the last two minutes, thirty seconds or so of a game, that's what everyone will remember. They'll forget the interceptions. Absolutely. And unfortunately, Absolutely. Jimmy just doesn't seem to have those moments, or we haven't seen them that would gloss Once. over. Once yeah. in 2019 against the Saints, and yeah, okay, and that's, and that's it. <laughs> that, in that five years, well, one, once in five years, no enough. It's an outlier more than you know. It's, it's the exception that confirms the rules, isn't it? That was a special favour for the uh, UK faithful meet. Yes, I'm, I'm I was going to say that was one hell of a night, Nadji. One hell of a <laughs> oh, night. I bet. I bet. <laughs> so are we. Uh... I'm going to move on to the O-line. Are we going to do the positivity wheel or just give it straight? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do the positivity wheel because I think it's it's important to keep it. Oh, not me again. Oh. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, the O-line struggled to impose itself on a feisty Broncos defence, 
Uh, Trent Williams left the game and looks to be done for a few weeks. Jalen Moore covered him, but was soon benched for Colton McKivitz. The O-line now only has one experienced player, the far from stellar Mike McGlinchey. How much of this loss can we actually put down to being bullied in the trenches, particularly our offensive line? It went from mediocre, Gareth, to horrendous when Trent Williams went off. I think every 49ers fan, I think, in the cold light of day-to-day, I was more worried about Trent Williams and Jimmy G. I mean, Trent is elite. Um, There's been a lot of talk that obviously he's there to kind of shore that up. Mike McGlinchey looked poor to me. You've hit the nail on the head there, Gareth. He seems to just get bullied all the time. And the way the 49ers are set up is a run-heavy football team. And if your offensive line can't create those gaps and you can't block. I mean, Garoppolo did well in some regards under was what consistent pressure. There was a couple of times where last year he took the sack, he got the ball out, but he took some big hits. There were some missed blocks. And I've seen a lot of talk today, Gareth, about is Mike McDaniel more important than what he was in the run game and what knock-on effect that's had on the offensive line. So I was interested to hear your thoughts on that. But for me, the offensive line had a terrible game last night. Yeah, I think certainly not a good game. We were going to expect some up and downs with with Brendel Banks uh, and Burford. Uh, and obviously, this is a, a far better defensive line than, than anything they faced in week one or week two. In some respects, again, early in the game, I felt they, they held held their own. We did have a couple of chunk runs. Uh, Jimmy was getting a bit of time to get the ball out. But it's it's this, this overall symptom that the offence seems to uh, collapse everybody. It's the playmakers, it's quarterback, it's offensive line. We just seem to late in the games just lose this composure, lose this focus, seem to have been worn down um, and certainly low on confidence and low on ideas. And I think that's it, it seems to pervade the entire team now. And I think the offensive line were just one one symptom of it. But yeah, certainly we knew it was an area of concern. I think Banks and, and Burford particularly have done OK for their starters. But now we're we're facing with, with probably Colton McKivitz, uh, perhaps on the on the left tackle side, and and Mike McGlinchey on the right, and and guys who've got what between the all of them in the middle is is now ten starts, eleven starts. That's not a great place for for taking to the Whams and some of the other uh, defensive units we're going to uh, to face. Um, and I think this this has got to come back to Sh- to, to Shanahan to call the plays for the offensive line he has not the offensive line that he's dreamed up in his head that can do this play. And that seems to, again, be his his adjustment, that he's he's saying, oh, that guy's getting beaten a lot, that guy's struggling this game, I'll run the ball behind him again. The same time it's it's failed three times before. So, yeah, not not a good performance, but I don't think I can really hang any of the guys out to dry, given um, uh, the lack of experience there, other than, yeah, McGlinchey doesn't look like he's going to get a contract. Um, for a, for a fifth-year player now as a number nine overall pick, you would expect him to have pushed on. And he's never really got any better from his second year. So, Nadji, Mr. Positive, <laughs> the, the all-star O-line. Yeah, I mean, all pro bowlers, obviously. Um, and I think you, you hit the head on the, on the, on the head here is uh, they can only do and play the play that gets called. It's not their fault if the play is designed to fail from the start. Because, well, first of all, we got a second string running back uh, in Jeff Wilson. He's not Elijah Mitchell. So that doesn't help. And then you lose your left tackle halfway through the game. So you have to shuffle and readjust to somebody new, which is not easy to do. Once again, as you touched, you know, the three in the middle. And I've talked about this in previous years. The, con- the, con- the chemistry between all these guys has to be 100% on point. The communication and how people move and what they do. And that only takes plays, you know, game and reps to be able to achieve the level of, you know, the good old lines that we see, for example, the Eagles have right now. And, it, and it's just, it's, it's just going to take time. So once again, I think the, the biggest positive here is that it's, it's week free mm. and, uh, and, I, Yes, it was slightly less good than it was last week and the week prior. But as you said, we played the Bears and the Seahawks. We have really pretty bad D-line against, you know, DJ Jones and Bradley Chubb, which are arguably much better. Um, and I don't think it was it was all that bad. I think 
definitely some of the holding calls were a bit soft, I would say. Um, but I, I, I agree. If I'll say again, Jimmy having the release and the mechanics that he has, why don't we just design play that doesn't put our O-line in Jopard in, you know, in a position in Jopardy to have these holding calls? Uh, why don't we just get rid of the ball within a half a second, a second, and then we're trying to move the ball for five yards at a time rather than screen to Debo and then maybe try one deep every, every 50 play. Um, but as you said, I think in the first half we were, Pretty decent. Once again, that that drive that we marched downfield, I think um, maybe that's what made you stay up, Paul, because it will look good on that drive. And if we could have string one more of these, just one, we could have, we would have more than likely won that game fairly fairly easily and fairly handedly. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't completely horrendous. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but it wasn't too bad. Let's not forget, playing a mile high is not an easy thing to do. You know, most athletes will, before the Olympics, before World Cups and stuff like that, will go and train in the mountains uh, in various countries to to get that extra boost. So when you go back down to sea levels, you have that extra buffer of O2 in your in your blood uh, that you can play with. Um, and then acclimating to that and getting there a couple of days before. Is very very difficult. Even though it was a Sunday night and it was probably a bit cooler than than it would have been in Miami, for example, <laughs> no easy thing to do. And these guys are big boys and uh, they need a lot of hydration. So uh, I mean, it wasn't horrendous. So um, onward and upward to a much 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 tougher opponent next week, though. That's that's good positivity, not horrendous. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so perhaps just to wrap up the offense, uh, according, according to the roster sheet that I've seen, we've got an offense that's stacked with playmakers. Uh, where where are they? I, I can't really spin the wheel on this no. because there's no... I, my biggest question, and I think that's why I put this on the agenda, so to speak, is where is George Kill? So when he's not hurt, he's on the field, and Lee just sent us a, a message saying he was... He was on the field for ninety-one percent of the snaps, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to you guys. Did it look like he was there for ninety percent of the game? No. 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 Not at all. Not at all. I mean, if you look at the stats, Najee, he hauled in four receptions for five targets for only twenty-eight receiving yards. It was if you look at it that way, an above-average performance for a tight end. But like you said at the start, you expect a higher standard from Kittle. As we all do in Club 85, you know, we remembered that game against the Broncos mm-hmm. when he was going for 200 odd yards. So we were all excited pre game that Kittle was back. But I have to agree. I can't put my positive glasses on, I'm afraid, on this one. He didn't look no. himself, did he? No, you know, we've been talking about over the years about how much we're paying Jimmy and the level of plays given us. And it's basically just right back at you. Uh, since we've given you this contract, I don't think you've been worth $17 million a year. And I hate to say it, but, you know, he's supposed to be our motor. He's supposed to be the guy that leads block for our run. And he's supposed to be the guy that can catch it anywhere, anytime, and, and go for a big run. And it just doesn't happen. And then when you can't rely on something like that, and you have a playbook that's built upon something like this, it's very difficult if you're, if you're playmakers don't show up. That's why they're playmakers. Um, you put the ball in their hand and usually a good thing happens. That's what Debo did last year. And our defense have adjusted and he's good, but he needs to be great. And mm. and we're not quite there yet. I think Ayuk is, is being very good. I've seen him open a bunch of times. It's just the ball doesn't get to him, um, especially uh, on, on Sunday night. Um, and yeah, it, our playmakers on aren't just showing up enough. Um, and we've lost a big one in the backfield. I think losing Mitchell is, is huge. And I'm really not sold on Jeff Wilson. Um, I really wish we'd kept Sermon or Hasty, either of those guys, because I think they would have done a better job yesterday. And not enough for Jordan Mason. Just check him in the game, see what he can do. Maybe he's a playmaker, he's a new guy. Uh, and he had, what, two or three carries? Not even now. I can't even remember the middle. Check. I think it may have even been the one, which was odd. You give him one carry, one, I think he one, got like one. seven yards. Look, he did, cool. yeah. And then you forget he's there. Yeah. Um, 
And I think perhaps in, in George's defence, I think £17 million is a lot to play for a blocker because that seems yeah. to be what Shanahan wants to use him for. Um, it's, it's the same with Juszczyk, who I think is probably one of our best pass catchers and has been for years. Mm-hmm. But, but Shanahan's just like, no, block first. I'll get my best, two of my best pass catchers, two of my best playmakers, and I'll line them up again and again and again on blocking assignments for other receivers who don't get the ball. It it just seems to be what why aren't you utilizing these guys? You know, everyone knows about Travis Kelsey and he's always and yeah. yeah. You know, every, you know, it's not like Kittle is, is just being stifled out of the game because he, he's being targeted. He's just he, he's not in the in the game plan other than oh you need to throw this block here because eventually in five seconds time Debo will need you to throw that block. Ah, Debo's being tackled in the backfield sixteen yards away. So you'll block and you and you you know, it's just wasted. I don't know how much of it is down to George. It's not like he's dropping the catches. It's not like he's not sort of fighting for the extra yardage. He, it's it's down to Shanahan again, I think, and yeah. on these players just not being used. And it's 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 a frust- It's just everyone can tell it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. But to me, I think the great player that we all think George Kittle can be make themselves indispensable. And they make themselves, you know that if it's third and 12 uh, and they're on Kansas City, whatever down in distance it is, you know Pat Mahomes is going to get to Kelsey. No matter what the play is, no matter what's happening, everybody knows in the stadium, at home, the defense knows Pat Mahomes is going to go to Kelsey. And yet we don't seem to be able to do that. And George can't seem to be able to be that guy that's always there when you need him. No matter what the cost, no matter what the play, no matter what it is, he's there and he's making the play. And maybe he's a bit short and maybe he's a little, you know, he doesn't catch it this time. But we don't even throw to him on these distances. We don't even, you know, attempt the weird thing in the end zone to give him touchdowns and get him, you know, hot and riled up. And you've watched basketball, uh, Paul, a little bit more this year. And it's just, it's the same with the Warriors do. As soon as you need somebody, Steph Curry will come on the field. And we'll just start getting hot and get the team up again. That's what good players do. Mm. They just make themselves needed. And when they're needed, they rise up to the occasion. And I'm just waiting for somebody on offense to do this. And it should be George first and foremost. If not Debo, if not Ayuk, and if not, you go down the line until somebody makes a play, which is all we needed yesterday. Someone, Mm. you know, the, the saying, someone make a play. Uh, it just didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, it's going to need to start happening because we've got Jimmy and we know it's not going to come from him, is it? I think we, um, Gareth, I think before we move on from Kittle, because Jimmy and Kittle have that good relationship and because the players you've named there, you know, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, yeah, we expect good George to be in that company. And I do it every year, Gareth. I draft him on my fantasy team because I think he's <laughs> going to have that great season and he's slowly moving away from that conversation if you go to other fan bases mm. and you ask best tight ends in the league yeah. Kittle's slowly coming down from that and it, it pains me to say that as the president of Club 85 and you know we want George to be great but maybe it is on Kyle so who knows anyway I think that's probably enough for the uh, uh, offensive side of the ball should we talk about the defensive effort quite remarkable yeah. fighting all the way to the end uh, and unlucky not to come away with a couple of turnovers uh, I think much like the uh, the Seahawks game, we could, we could spend an entire time talking about the uh, uh, defence and, and the quality we've got. But, uh, Paul, which player caught your eye on the defensive side? Which player? I mean, we saved the best to last. We should be sitting in Algarve talking about this defence is like could be historic. People laughed at me in the last show and I said they, they were better than 2019. Um I was quite impressed with Kerry Hyder. I'm, I'm going to Nick Bosa did well, but I thought Kerry Hyder played quite well. There was a few question marks at the start of the season about him coming back. Obviously, I thought we'd miss Armstead, but I thought the um, interior of the defensive line, Gareth, were able to pick up where they left off last week. Um, I thought Ridgeway had a good game as well. So these are names that maybe you know people expect me to see, you know, Nick Bosa. But equally, our rookie, Drake Jackson, pick 61. Mm-hmm. He recorded a sack. I think he combined for about seven quarterback hits. So, I mean, I could sit here now and start throwing all the stats out, but I don't want to steal a limelight. So, anybody else want to jump in on this amazing defence that we've got? 
Yeah, I want to chime in for Mooney. Mooney Ward, I think he had his best game with us yesterday. Um, and I know Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy ended up playing, um, not as injured as they said he would. Um, but Sutton had almost 100 yards on eight catches. But I thought him and Eman really had everything locked down. And he always took, you know, a little bit of Russell Wilson magic to, to get things happening. Uh, but I was really impressed with those two yesterday. Um, really happy with Mooney Ward, especially, I can't remember when in the game, but Wilson did his best impression of his old self of launching that ball that looks like it's going to come out of the stadium and then it just comes down out of nowhere. Um, and he was right there and managed to break it up without a flag, which is very important, obviously. And, you know, in these kind of plays, you're always going, ooh, he stopped it, yes. And then you look around to see if you see any yellow. But yeah, I, th- I thought those two were really, really good. I thought Ufanga was, again, pretty good yesterday, but not as good, and maybe we've needed him to be. Uh, again, have your playmakers make a play. One play is he would have taken yesterday to win that game, and no one really rose to the occasion. And the ghosts of last year's fumble recoveries uh, seem to be uh, hailing us again. Uh, I think we forced three. And uh, the old bounce back straight in their hands, as by magic. But before yeah, you move that's, on, uh, Gareth, that's getting tedious. I thought you got a job for NBC last night, Nadji, because at one point I heard Chris Collinsworth call Hufanga the best safety in the game. And I <laughs> yeah. thought he's being listened to the pod. I thought you would like <laughs> yeah. that. I had to throw that in, Gareth. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. like that. Everybody listens to this podcast, right? <laughs> I, I was going to pick up on um, uh, Diomedor Lenore. Yeah, who seem to play quite a few snaps, come in as uh, uh, to a place Womack, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. and certainly seem to be bringing the intensity, seem to be around the ball and made some good open field tackles. So he certainly uh, looked like he he had a good game. He had promises in his rookie years, and he was very good at Oregon. I watched him a bunch, obviously, when he was there because that's uh, that's my team. Um, But yeah, I, I would. See, this is what, again, we're here talking about Jimmy and Kyle for half an hour rather than questioning why Lenore is starting instead of Womack, which would have been maybe slightly less interesting to people listening. But I would have rather talked about that for 20 minutes rather than Mm. (laughs) talking about Jimmy. Uh, Yeah, it's something to track on. I'm not quite sure why uh, why Womack lost the starting job. Maybe he's having a bit of an injury. Maybe he's... uh, just not playing as well as he should in practice. Uh, something to keep an eye on. It could potentially have just been a, a match-up. A match-up thing, The yeah. a bit uh, taller, rangier. Maybe he was just considered yep. perhaps a, a better for whichever cover duty he was going to be asked to do during the game. Um, yeah. But it was, it, was, it was good to see him back. We haven't seen a, a lot of him since the early stages of last season. Yeah. Uh, and certainly seems to have got the, the fire that the rest of the defence have and in the way that they get about ball carriers and are wrapping them up and, and mobbing them. Um, and our defence just must be horrible, horrible to play against. Yeah. Um, but probably very, very satisfying when you win the game. Um, and that's that's my concern about the defensive side is is what more can you ask them to do? Those yeah, no, did not deserve to go into the locker room as on a losing team. No, allowing uh, allowing nine points on the road on a Sunday night game is not much more you can ask them to. Um, no, uh, special mention to uh, Dre Greenlaw again, who uh, mm. who looked really good. We mentioned the predictions ahead of this game, Gareth. And if we'd come on tonight and said the Broncos have only have scored 11 points. We'd have been sat here thinking, how many did we win by? And yeah. I've just found the stats before we moved on. We generated 24 total pressures and four sacks as a team. So you say no to our pick, Nick Bosa, with six pressures, one sack. Ibukam had five pressures. Charles had four. Givens, three, one sack. And the list goes down and down. But before we move on, Gareth, that play from Warmack, Mr Gowland will have enjoyed that one when he tipped the punt back out. Yeah, oh yeah, that was good. That was awesome. And for people maybe he's new to the game, it was quite interesting how they broke that down, Nadji, when they you know the ball bounced on the line and then they slowed it down. Yeah. How we got and tipped that back. And special mention goes to Mitch. Pretty impressive. We gave him a new contract, Gareth, our special punter. Yeah. And boy oh boy, did he earn his money on Sunday night. He did, yeah. Absolutely. It was a it was a punter's dream match, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, very good performance from uh, Wisniewski. I think there was uh, two punts down inside the three-yard line or five-yard line, including the one you'd, uh, you just mentioned. I, I was a bit concerned about uh, Rayway McLeod doesn't seem to know which direction to run in. He seems to just run directly across the field to the closest sideline. Um, uh, he knows what he's doing more than me, but um, it's slightly worrying to see your pump return and not just... I've, um, I've been in... I've been in a situation where the game doesn't go anywhere and as because I used to punt return and kick return when I was much younger and much faster. Um, and it's the same thing where you're trying to be the guy that makes the play and it's so obvious because you get the ball directly you know, kicked to you. So I think it was just, that's what he was trying to do, just trying to some, make something happen. Maybe, you know, you break a tackle and then you're gone. Again, if he returns one for even 60 yards and gets us in red zone, we win that game because we get a field goal out of it and, and we're on top, you know. So uh, I think that's the, even the muffed one that he, that he had that he recovered. I think it's, it's just him trying so hard to just make something happen and just spark something and, and try and get down the field and it maybe score a touchdown and win the game. Uh, and then that's all you talk about, obviously. But yeah. So, uh, what do we do this week? What's going to happen in Santa Clara? What What do we need to do to prepare for the Rams? Just uh, basically not that. It's, it's actually quite simple, really. Just look at what we did in the second half of this game and in the second half of the Seahawks game and just don't do that. And then we'll, we, we might be fine. It's, it's head coaching's easy. See, you've, asked that, <laughs> yeah. you've asked that question a day too early, Gareth, because I think the mood in the group at the moment is nobody staying <laughs> yeah. up next Tuesday. But what happened is you get to Tuesday, yeah, and Wednesday, and you remember this time last year, we were heading into the Rams game on Monday night, and I think all of us called yeah. a Niners loss, and we turned mm. the Rams over. So you start convincing yourself. The only thing I'm worried about at the moment, Gareth, is I had red zone on yesterday, and Aaron Donald looked pretty impressive, it to did. be fair. Um, and he doesn't tend to do well against us, and I'm sure that'll be used this week. So I'm worried about a fired-up Aaron Donald, but I just hope the emotional roller coaster isn't as bad as this next week, Gareth. That's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. Absolutely. So, shall we talk rules real quick and explain maybe uh, what a safety mm. is to people? Down, well well done there, Chief, for remembering. Yeah, our, uh, pretty bad at it. To, to look into some of the more detailed aspects of the rules. Uh, what have you got for us this week, Najee? Yeah, so the safety, uh, for the people that don't know, is a way of uh, scoring points. It's actually the lowest amount of points you can score in a game, which is two, which uh, the commanders were on for a while, and I thought that they were going to lose 24-2, to two, which would have been quite funny. They managed to score a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, if you are tackled as an offensive player in your own end zone, uh, which is usually how it happens, uh, this is called a safety, which uh, then... Uh, the defense scores two points and then on top of that you have to punt the ball away as if it was a fourth down uh, right in your end zone the other way that can happen and we saw it very unfortunately uh, on sunday night uh, is by the quarterback either losing the ball at the back of the end zone or completely stepping out of bounds uh, either side of the end zone or at the back um yeah it's a play that's quite rare it's a it's uh, when you play on defense it's something that uh get you really pumped when you when the offense is on the one or the two because obviously the the chances of it happening increases greatly but it also i think i saw derrick henry maybe a couple of years ago because of the aggressiveness of the defense run a 90 yards touchdown because they're basically committing to try and get that safety which is pretty big and pretty momentum changing um so yeah it's always a very interesting uh part of the game that doesn't happen very, very often. And I think I'm pretty sure there was two or three yesterday uh, on Sunday's game. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Jimmy uh, Jimmy was uh, the culprit of a really bad one. He should know where the end zone stops. Yeah, it's, uh, it must be good for... It's it's the only way the, the sort of defence, specifically defensive scoring, yeah. um, rather than, say, a pick six. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure it, it, it fires up defensive players. Because it, it it means that you've pushed your opponents back beyond wherever they started. Yes. The, the, the minimum they started at was their own one yard line, and they didn't even get back to that. Uh, yeah. We we could have seen a few in those games, um, but unfortunately, the Broncos were able to to move out of those tight positions uh, fairly yeah. comfortably. Where uh, again, the, I didn't feel that we did. 
Yeah, this is it, it. Same again, it comes back to the defense trying so hard to try and get that safety that they maybe are a little bit softer on the back end. And if you break the first tackle, usually you, you're in for, for a good gain uh, because you're setting out and trying to get that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, step, stepping out, accidentally stepping out of the back of the end zone uh, is not a good way to do it. That's for it's sure. not a good way to, to score a, a safety. No, there's only there's also another way that it can happen, which is a intentional grounding in the end zone. And of course, if a, an offensive player fumbled and it uh, was recovered by another offensive player in the end zone, that yes. would also be a, would also safety, count, yes. effectively stopping the the ball carrier uh, in in your own end zone. Yes. Uh, yeah, to be avoided. I, I guess over the course of a league season, you might see six, eight, ten safeties. They're, yeah, they're not unheard rare. of, but they're they're fairly uncommon. Um, so yeah, look out for any any bizarre scores that you might see, um, like two points or yeah, five two, points. two to three, yeah, yeah, not good. So lads, is there anything else before we can uh, knock this on the head? Thank God. Well, shout out to everyone that was over there representing. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember. Ali was there. A couple of more people. Sorry for going your name. So the two main ones were Ali Reed and That's Andy one. Hodgson. And he's one of the admin team. Um, and there was a couple other guys. It's always great to see the yeah. flag, Gareth. So it looks like we're being well represented. There's a few people, Gareth, who've asked moving forward that we maybe create a post in the group if people are out in the States and they can meet up. So that's something I've, I've cool. tried to leave out. I just wanted to thank everyone for the interaction on the game day thread, Gareth. It had the potential to go one way. Again, the discussions in the group, I think, over the last 24 hours have been quite appropriate, sensible. And thank you to everyone who reached out to us on Twitter. I hope we've answered your questions. I had a few tweets, Gareth, where they wanted us to talk about certain things. So, like you always say, do give us the feedback. Thanks for downloading the pod. And uh, let's just dust this off, Gareth, and get ready to eat some yeah. ram. Yeah, that's Absolutely. It. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you, lads, for joining me. And thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Don't forget to like, comment, uh, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, there is the YouTube channel you can find by searching for 49 and Faithful UK. We will be back later in the week to preview our bounce back humiliation of the LA Rams. So, until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Start Brook. <laughs> deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurts, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest on the up all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh.